Dear Saints of Gloria Day, grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We have before us the most misconstrued words in the Bible. The words of Jesus when he says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Without a doubt, you've heard the world use Jesus' words against you, these very words against you, used to call you and his Christians judgmental, to call them hypocrites or intolerant. The world says things like, look, we love Jesus, but we don't like his followers. Jesus is nice, Jesus is loving, he is non-judgmental, but the church isn't. Christ isn't the problem, Christians are. And you've seen Jesus' words posted on social media, online, in books, podcasts, and so on, to silence anyone who points out sin. And so because of this, the world gets angry if we call anyone to repentance, even though all of the prophets, all of the apostles, in fact, even Jesus himself did so. But they do this because to call someone to repentance implies judging their sin. So what do we do? What do we do with Jesus' words? What do they mean? What is Jesus saying when he says, judge not, lest you be judged? In order to understand this text, you have to understand the context, the surrounding words around these words. Jesus begins this discourse by saying these words. He says, be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. And the first thing to notice here in this entire text is that Jesus is talking to Christians. He's talking to the church. This is why he says, your father. And he says, your brother, a disciple, a teacher, and so on. He isn't telling the world how to treat the world. He's not even telling Christians how to treat the world. He's telling Christians how to treat one another, in fact. So these words are chiefly about how Christians deal with one another, how members of the church should deal with one another, how they should react and uh, respond to one another. To put it another way, Jesus is teaching us what our relationships should look like. That is, that they should be filled with mercy for one another. Now we come to the words of Jesus when he says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So what does that mean? Well, it's as if Jesus says, Don't judge in such a way that leads to your brother's condemnation. Rather, judge in such a way that leads to your brother, leads your brother to see that he needs forgiveness. That's the distinction. Jesus isn't forbidding us to judge altogether. He's not saying you can't judge ever. Yes, there are things that should be judged. Murder is wrong. He's not saying it's okay or permissible now. He's he's not forbidding us to judge. He's forbidding us from a certain kind of judgment, which we'll see. So here Jesus is teaching us that there are two ways to judge. There's a, a, one judgment is a judgment that seeks to condemn people. Another judgment is a judgment that seeks to forgive people. So what's the difference? <clears throat> Both of them call out sin. Both of them judge sin to be evil and bad. But the purpose and goal is different. A ju- for example, a judgment that seeks to condemn means pointing out people's sins 
for the sole purpose of pointing out people's sins. It means putting other people down to elevate yourself. It means making a sport out of calling people out, being angry, being belligerent, tearing people down. This is done to make yourself appear better in comparison with the other person, to belittle them, to prove that you are right and that they are wrong. This is done with a spirit of arrogance. And the goal of this kind of judgment is not to genuinely help the other person, but rather the goal is simply to condemn them. Now, the other kind of judgment is a judgment that seeks to forgive. And this means pointing out people's sin for the purpose of bringing them to repentance. It's for the purpose of declaring to them the forgiveness of sins. It means humbling yourself before your brother, uh, seeking their good, even if they get angry with you. It means being long-suffering and patient with them. It means doing all you can do to bear their burden, to cover their faults with love, to help them see that their sin is in fact destroying them, that it's a sin against God himself, that it's offending others, that God grants forgiveness to all who repent and trust in his name, that he grants strength to people to mend their ways and change their lives. That is done in a spirit of humility. And the goal of this kind of judgment isn't to condemn people or leave them hanging but to genuinely help the other person see their sin so that they can ask for forgiveness. Now, these are the two kinds of judgment. And Jesus is, Jesus is telling us to do the latter, the second one, to judge others in a way that leads them to want forgiveness. <clears throat> we need to examine ourselves because judgment begins in the house of God. Before you judge anyone else, you need to judge yourself and see if you've actually done what Jesus has told you to do. Have you talked about other Christians or other members of the church in bad ways? Have you talked behind their backs to others? Think of all of the times that you've pointed out other people's sins, not with tears in your eyes, but with anger in your heart. Think of the times that you've been irritated and frustrated and impatient with others, the times you have screamed and yelled and interrupted others and just walked away, stormed off. Think of all of the grudges that you hold in your heart throughout the years, maybe even now. Can you genuinely say, honestly, with a good conscience and a good heart before God, that you have always pointed out other people's sins, your family members, your husband, your wife, a co-worker, a member of the church, that you've pointed out their sins genuinely for their sake and not for yours? Have you done it to help them or have you done it to hurt them? Have you done it in love or anger? In the next verses, Jesus tells us why, why we need to do this. And he tells us how to correct this attitude in us. He says these words. He says, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, 
when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. Again, uh, this is very clear. Jesus isn't saying we can't ever point out or remove the speck of dust in our brother's eye. He's simply telling us how to do it in the right way, in the godly way. And this is how you do it. The way you call others to repentance is by viewing your own sins first and with far more seriousness than your brother's sins. Okay? It's, it's not that your sins, that your sins are really, really bad and that everyone else's aren't. It's that God wants you to think about your sins in that way. He wants you to view your neighbor's sins and consider them like a tiny speck of dust and to view your own sins like a log or a plank in your own eye. He wants you to give your brother the benefit of the doubt and to see your own sins as a very serious problem. Now, let, let me ask you this. Why do you think Jesus feels it's necessary to say that, to give that illustration? Why, why do you think he has to speak that way? It's because he knows that we are naturally inclined to do the exact opposite of that. We naturally contradict these things. In other words, we consider our own sins as little tiny specks of dust, right? And we consider our neighbor's sins as big planks, tree trunks sticking out of their eye. Our our own sins, our own faults, well, they're small, insignificant things, and we paint ourselves in the best light. We always ascribe the best of intentions, the best motivation to ourselves. We We expect everybody else to have mercy upon us because, look, I'm doing my best, I'm trying, and I, you need to be patient with me. Forgive me. Meanwhile, if your brother, your neighbor, your husband, your wife, your coworker, friend, member of the church does something wrong, then we consider their sins to be extremely offensive. They have logs in their eyes. Their sins are significantly worse than mine. And we paint them, our neighbor, in the worst light. Their every motivation and their every intention we ascribe to be evil and wrong. I want you to examine yourself carefully. Just consider the things that have come out of your own mouth against others, the things in your heart, the things you think about others, how much you've complained about other people, how many hours you've spent calling people useless or insane or stupid or evil and so on. And yet, have you taken one minute to tell them a word about Jesus and his forgiveness? On the other hand, how many times have you held grudges against other people? And how many sins do you remember against you from others? Have you cut anyone off? Are you content with having these people no longer in your life? Dear saints, repent. Repent because the measure which you use will be measured back to you. You can't escape God's judgment by judging others. You can't escape condemnation by condemning others. The more harshly you judge others, the more harshly the Lord will judge you. Repent 
and abandon this wicked attitude. Take the plank out of your own eye first. Learn that the only way you can escape God's judgment of your sin is by turning to Christ on the cross who bore the judgment of God and the world against you. The way to get rid of your sins is not by trying to minimize them or pointing out other people's sins that are worse than yours. The way to get rid of your sins is by trusting that Jesus has taken them away, all of them away in his death. That in your baptism, he washed them away. That in the word, he declares you forgiven, absolved in his sight. That in the Lord's Supper, you receive the very body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That he saves you from the condemnation that you rightly once deserved. Be merciful as God was merciful to you and judge others in the way that God has judged you. Learn that God has pointed out your sins not for the sake of condemning you. He has pointed out your sins for the sake of saving you, for the sake of forgiving them and wiping them away. So yes, people sin and do bad things. And you need to call people to repent of those sins as God has called you to repent of yours. As a church, we need to call out each other to repentance. We need to call this entire world to repentance. Those who have murdered their children in abortion, those who live together before marriage, those who defile their bodies in addiction or immorality, in homosexuality and drunkenness and mutilation, we need to call all of them to repentance, to turn away from their sins and to turn to the God who made them and loves them and wants to redeem them. We don't shy away from doing this because no matter what the world says, it is the most loving thing to do. God is love and he himself has done this and told us to do the same. But when you do this, you need to do this after you have genuinely repented of your own sin first. In fact, there's a reason the service begins the way it does. It begins with confession It begins by saying, you saying of yourself, confessing your own sin, I a poor, miserable sinner. I confess. Even the service itself begins in in this manner of taking the log out of your own eye before confessing, uh, we confess our own sins before confessing and complaining about the sins of others. And that's deliberate. That's because we need a savior too. When you do that, Then you show your brother how to do the same. When you approach him, you won't be standing looking down at him or above him on some higher moral ground. When you repent of your own sin first, you won't do it by looking down at him. Rather, you'll look at him and say, I know what this is like. I know how humiliating it is to be wrong. I know how stubborn the sinful heart is because I have a sinful heart too. But we have a God who wants to have mercy upon us and who wants to forgive us our sins and who indeed forgives them all in Christ. Dear saints, when others sin, don't be afraid to rebuke them with the word of God. But when you do, remember to tell them what Jesus did for them. Remember to point them to the judgment he endured on the cross for all of us. Call out sin, but don't do it to lead people to condemnation. Do it to lead them to Jesus, 
the source of their forgiveness and their new life. When your brother, calls, uh, when your brother sins, call him to repentance and don't start, uh, start talking until you repented of your own sins first. And don't stop talking until you've brought him to the foot of the cross where the blood of Jesus was spilled for you both. <clears throat> Hear the words of the hymn we sang. Grant me the strength to do with ready heart and willing whatever you command, my calling here fulfilling, that I do what I should while trusting you to bless the outcome for my good, for you must give success. Keep me from saying words that later need recalling. Guard me lest idle speech may from my lips be falling. But when within my place I must and ought to speak, then to my words give grace, lest I offend the weak. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.